1: All right. And welcome. It is the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here along with my good pal, Mackenzie Irwin at San to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. If you have questions about uh, your employment rights, uh, this is your show. As you know, you've been terminated, maybe laid off, wrongfully dismissed, any of these things, uh, harassed at work, experienced changes to your job, uh, human rights issues are up there as well. Any questions about severance, even to reach out to Mackenzie and her team. Anytime outside the show, it is uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca or call 1-855-821-5900. That is, uh, that's how we roll. Coming up here, lots of stuff on the show, but we want to get to the, uh, the week that was the case of the day. Mackenzie, my friend, how are you today?
2: I'm great. Good morning. How are you doing? Awesome.
1: Fantastic. Ready to uh, ready to roll on what's going to be a smoking hot Saturday. So what uh, what's going on with you? What do you got for me?
2: Yeah, so I actually had a very interesting call with a woman this week. Um, She called me um, and she was expecting to return to work after her maternity leave. Um, She was one of three sales representatives for the company um, and she was she was responsible for three main accounts. So while she was off on her pregnancy leave, one of her colleagues took over those three accounts and they took them on in addition to their workload. Uh, she knew this because uh, he had called her several times throughout her mat leave to ask her questions um, and to get some guidance on on certain uh, intricacies of her accounts. Mm-hmm. So she told the company that she was ready to return to work. Um, and, and she was very surprised when she showed up for her first day and the company took her aside and informed her that they, were, they had to let her go due to restructuring. Now she'd only been with the company for a year before, uh, around a year before she uh, she began her maternity leave. So the company told her that all that they owed her was one week's pay. Now to add insult to injury, her colleague that had soon had assumed her accounts, he he had just told her that he was so excited for her to come back because he was overwhelmed with with his workload now that the company had assigned uh, him to work on her accounts. So she was obviously very upset and, she, you know, she relied on this job and, and was now finding herself um, overwhelmed with the fact that she was now unemployed without right. any income, um, looking for a new job while she while having to take care of her new, of her new baby. Um, I was really glad she called because I, I, I could relieve some of that pressure. Um, you know, maternity leaves are a job protected leave under the Employment Standards Act. What that means is that the company is legally obligated to reinstate her to her previous position at the end of her leave. Um, now, if, if your job doesn't exist anymore or it's been eliminated, the company then must offer you a, a comparable position um, with comparable pay. So not only does her, co- her company owe her significantly more than one week's pay, likely actually up to six months of pay, uh, this is because her her time on maternity leave actually counts towards her years of se- her years of service, meaning that she didn't have that one year of service before her mat leave, but actually two years, including her mat leave. So, this woman is is also likely not only is she likely entitled to to much more in severance, she's likely entitled to additional damages for the company's breach of the Employment Standards Act and human rights violation. Wow yeah so oh. i was really glad that she that she called me but that's actually not where this ends um remember now that this woman's colleague was complaining about being overloaded with her accounts so this gentleman actually also contacted me he thought that he was you know when he t- when he initially took on his his colleagues uh, additional accounts he thought he was taking this on on a temporary basis just to cover her maternity leave right And when his company told him that the change was now permanent and and she would not be coming back, he knew he couldn't keep up with this work with this workload. So he, too, actually has likely has a claim for Hmm. I'm going to help him uh, navigate this in the background, but he, too, likely has uh, a claim for constructive dismissal. He wants to keep his job, so I'm I'm actually helping him in the background to, um, to try and, and make that happen. But employers can't make those substantial changes to your job. Here the company overloaded this man with additional tasks, which what he thought was on a temporary basis. So he took it on on a temporary basis, but when it became permanent, it likely became, it's a substantial change to his position and it could be a constructive dismissal. So I'm going to help him navigate this in the background, rejecting the additional accounts uh, and perhaps pursue his severance if his employer refuses.
1: Is this a situation where, you know, when, you, when you're when you taking on temporary duties like that, should you lay it out in writing, say, you know, I agree to do this. I know it needs to be done, but boss, this is not going to be a full-time thing. I don't want this to continue. So, you know... Um, let, let's do it for now, but this better not turn into a full-time thing because that's not what you agreed upon? That was not part of my original employment agreement? Should, have, should that be in writing at all times?
2: Yes, absolutely. So oh. if, if your employer is asking you to do something on a temporary basis, you should have something in writing saying, you know, okay, employer, I will agree to do this on a temporary basis, but on the understanding that you know, it's going to end on X date
1: same goes with the mat leave right I mean it's you know the old adage that uh, you know Leon and I have been using for years is don't mess with mama or dad for that matter paternal leave or uh, parental leave overall you just you don't mess with that at any time do you
2: No, and exactly. This goes both ways. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. that she was on a maternity leave. If you're taking a paternity leave, you're in the exact same position. And so absolutely, that is a big, big no-no. For my employer clients, I always make sure that they're very, very careful with how they treat their employees who who are on a, a parental leave and who are returning from a parental leave.
1: Again, Mackenzie here to answer your questions for the remainder of the hour, so uh, so do so, 416-870-6400 is how you do that, help at employmentlawyer.ca, that's the email address we always refer to. During the show as well, we'll get into this as we, uh, we roll on, everything you need to know about forced resignations. Maybe you've been through this, maybe not, but we're going to cover off some talking points and uh, open up your eyes to this particular angle of employment law. What is a real resignation, Mackenzie, and does one get severance if they resign? Common question.
2: Yeah, very common question. So a real resignation is voluntary, clear, and unequivocal. So, if you've found a new job, a better position with another company, you're really excited to go and, and start a new a new job, um, and you've truly resigned. You want to end your employment with your current company so that you could take on the new role with the new company. Then, yes, if 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 you've resigned and it's a true resignation, then you are not entitled to severance. Now, clear and unequivocal is is really really important here. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be you know. Uh, objectively it has to be it has to reflect an intention to resign or conduct of, of this intention to resign it cannot be in the heat of the moment so if you've accidentally resigned in the heat of the moment and you've you know you've you got upset and and you didn't actually intend to resign the resignation might not be lawful and it could be void and you could be entitled to your job back that being said, if that's something that's happened to you, you do need to act quickly, um, and, and it's it's probably a good idea for you to speak with an employment lawyer to, to determine how you can navigate that.
1: 416-870-6400. That's the number you want to call in and ask uh, your questions. Frank, thanks for standing by for a moment. Uh, how are you, pal? What's your question? Good morning. I have
3: two questions. I have sure. an employee that uh, it, it is uh, basically... Uh, in an hotel, she gets the two days off during the week, and normally the busy days are on Saturday, Sunday. It's been four weekends already that this partic- particular employee of mine, calling sick, and and that's one question: Am I allowed to ask for a doctor's note? And this other particular person has gone to the doctor, and she's claiming that the doctor has told her to stay home until uh, until August. Am I allowed to ask for a letter from the doctor or a note from the doctor stating that they're not they're sick or whatever, or it's on guess alone.
2: So if you're if your employee is 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 uh, calling in sick often, um, you definitely can ask for a a doctor's note, especially if the doctor said they've um, they've they're supposed to stay home until August. Is that what you said? Yeah. So one so person, abs-
3: one person is taking one person is taking mainly every weekend off, claiming that she's sick, she doesn't feel good. The other person, she's just been been uh, a week and a half. She's at home, complaining saying that the doctor has told her to stay long until probably the end of August. And
2: oh, I see. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so there are two separate employees that you're talking that you're mm-hmm. asking about. Correct. Yeah. i see okay yeah so in terms of the of the employee whose uh doctors told her to stay home until august um certainly you can um you can ask for a doctor's note in that situation um likely that employee is going to need to um apply for uh maybe ei sickness benefits and so as your as her employer you'll have to uh, assist her with um with a with accessing those benefits perhaps you might need to issue a record of employment to help her, um, mm-hmm. but you can certainly um, at request a doctor's note. Uh, the doctor's note cannot, uh, you can't request in terms of a diagnosis, but you can certainly, you know, the, the doctor's note should say, you know, they're unable to work and, and uh, for how long or whenever the next um, uh, checkup would be. I understand that. And so, in terms of the other employee who's who's regularly calling in sick, um, you you'll have to. I mean, you'll have to. If this is a pattern, you'll have to start um, documenting um, and sending them warnings that you know you only have certain number of whatever the the number of sick days that that they're permitted it under your employment agreement, um, and and you'll have to start documenting that you know if you're not able to. Attend, perhaps you do need to uh, have one of these uh, medical leaves, um, and in that case, you would be entitled to a, a doctor's note.
3: I, I have all documented, and my the other thing is too, because uh, it's been you know, all documented. And how long do I have to wait until I let it go? Let's put this way.
2: So uh, you can absolutely employers. Uh, can let an employee go at any time for any without for any reason other than a human rights violation. And so the tricky situation here is that uh, if your employee is suffering from a disability or a sickness that is uh, requiring them to take these uh, sick days often, you may be under a duty to accommodate those uh, that disability. And so I would suggest that you reach out to uh, myself or one of my colleagues to look into this situation a little bit deeper so that we can determine what those uh, accommodations might be.
1: Frank, we got to let you go there and take a short break to reach out to Mackenzie, which you should do to have a further conversation on uh, on both fronts. I would imagine simple one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employmentlawyer.ca.
0: And for you, make like Frank, do like Frank, give us a call. More employment law show is coming right up. You bet. We're back. Mackenzie Irwin
1: is here doing all the uh, the heavy lifting on the show today to reach out to Mackenzie outside the hour of the show one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employment lawyer at Go there, get the advice you need, the compensation you deserve. They have helped thousands, tens of thousands of Canadians do exactly that. So feel free to reach any uh, reach out any time. Of course, the TV programs are always out there, live streams through YouTube and Facebook and so much more. So reach out to Mackenzie, and uh, I want to get back into our our topic of the day, what is a real resignation? What are forced resignations? And we mentioned off the top that it's done you know, uh, unequivocally, unilaterally, it's done voluntarily. So what happens, Mackenzie, if an employee is told to resign or else? What do you do at that point?
2: Yeah, this is a very interesting tactic that we're, we <laughs> do see employers use. But um, uh, yeah, as I said, resignations must be voluntary. You cannot be forced to resign. A forced resignation is a wrongful dismissal, and Mm -hmm. you're entitled to your severance. Likewise, uh, if the employer provides you with the option to either resign or be fired, this is also a wrongful dismissal, and you're entitled to severance. So if this has happened to you, you need to respond to your employer in writing that you are not resigning. Um, I would suggest outlining what has occurred in your email to your employer and saying, for example, you know, during my meeting with whoever on X date, this person told me that I had to resign or else I'd be fired. You know, I'm writing to advise you that I'm not resigning and I have no intention of resigning. Um, That documentation will be really important if you need to, if your employer unilaterally forces you to resign. Um, and doesn't provide you with severance and you need to, and you need to contact an employment lawyer to pursue that severance.
1: What happens if you don't get a response from that, from the employer?
2: You may not. And sometimes, you know, that, that's, that's fine. You have that email, um, that documentation, that paper trail in place. Um, so, so you don't necessarily need a response from the employer. The most important thing is that you've sent that off and you've, you've papered that, that meeting.
1: Silence is the same as acceptance, like we say, right? It's interesting that that that's there. So if you've been forced to resign, you didn't know any better, maybe until you heard this show, how do you prove that, that you're forced to resign?
2: yeah so again that's where that email writing really comes into play so if you're properly documenting what's going on uh through emails to your manager or human resources or someone in management at your employer then you're creating that paper trail that would be really important if you do need to prove that you were forced to resign however if you haven't been writing those emails you can still prove a forced resignation it's just better to have that documentation in place Um, but repeatedly saying to your employer that you're not resigning, that you do not intend to resign, that you're feeling pressured to resign. All of that is really important because as you said, yeah, silence is, uh, silence is not the best route here. It's really important that you're kind of voicing that, uh, you're not, that's not your intention. It's not you who's resigning.
1: Maybe an employee has resigned because, something happened at work, it was a toxic workplace, they felt they had no choice, difficult to continue working. What happens at that point?
2: Yeah, I see this all the time. Someone calls me eventually because they've quit their job, because the workplace was so toxic, or they were Mm -hmm. being bullied or harassed, or they couldn't bear to continue working there. Um, Often these, these people think that because they resigned, they're not entitled to any severance, but that's simply not true. Um, if you're resigning as a result of a toxic workplace, um, you are absolutely entitled to, to severance. So everyone is entitled to work in a safe and healthy harassment-free workplace. Um, if you've resigned because of those difficulties, you should, you should speak with an employment lawyer as quickly as possible to determine whether you're entitled to your, to severance. Ideally, you would be speaking with an employment lawyer before you resign, because we can absolutely help you navigate the resignation process to ensure that you're resigning in a way that really permits you to pursue your severance, that kind of sets you up to pursue that severance. Um, But it's not fatal. So if you're experiencing issues at work that are making it difficult for you to continue working, you do have options while that's happening. So as I said, first, you you should ideally contact an employment lawyer to help you navigate that. But you you definitely need to be making a complaint in writing, outlining what's what's happening in the workplace, what's what you're experiencing, um, and then your employer should be taking immediate steps to protect you from further harm in the workplace, investigating your complaint, um, and taking steps to correct uh, that issue or any, any address any behavior. Um, but if it's not it's not addressed and corrected, you have no you know you're not. No one should be forced to work in a a work environment that's toxic. So you may have a claim for constructive dismissal, and you could be entitled to severance if you resign uh, as a result of, of those issues.
1: What if it's something maybe, uh, you know, take a little bit of sidestep from that uh, particular scenario, but if it's something where you, you've just, you've simply had enough and you know, you, you fly off the handle a bit, you lose it. You people all suck. I'm out of here. I'm done. You slam your passcode down on the, uh, the boss's desk. You walk out 24 hours later, when you get home that night, you go, oh God, you know what? I kind of need that job. I shouldn't have done that. It's kind of heat of the moment resignation. Can you take that back? Do you have some leeway?
2: absolutely yes yeah as i was saying earlier your your you know it cannot a resignation a legal resignation cannot really be in the heat of the moment so when you've when you've had you've cooled off you've realized oh no that's not what i really i didn't really mean to do that you 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 can likely depending on how much time has passed you can likely get your job back that's not a, that resignation, that heat of the moment resignation is not a legal resignation. And so you can, you can certainly speak with an employment lawyer um, as soon as possible to, to help, help you navigate reinstating your job. But, but no, those heat of the moment resignations are not, uh, not real resignations.
1: It's interesting, too, because if you were to walk down the street and, you know, ask anybody or, uh, you know, 100 people, you know, if, if you're going to resign from your job, how much notice did you give your employer? Ah, I give them two weeks, three weeks. You should be OK. Can you, if you decide one day, just to say, you know what, boss, tomorrow or the end of this week or the end of the workday today, I've just had enough. I'm, I'm going to resign. I got to I got to get out of here. Can they sue you for not giving them a notice of resignation? Can you get in trouble for that?
2: Yes. So this is always surprising to employees. But yes, um, just as there are claims for wrongful dismissal, there's also such a thing as a wrong, a claim for wrongful resignation. That happens when an employee is not giving proper notice of their resignation. So that's when an employer could sue for damages on the basis of a wrongful resignation uh, for failing to give that reasonable notice of their resignation if if that's the case the employer has to prove that they've suffered damages from the wrongful resignation but ultimately the main question that comes that i get often is how much notice do i have to give um and so that really depends um you know it might be outlined in your employment contract so that's the first place i would look for for guidance on that um and and if the but it and, and ultimately, you can speak with an employment lawyer and we can advise you as to how much notice you would need to give, um, depending on your how long you've been there, your role, um, if your employment contract is silent on that. But if uh, you know, I think that to wrap to bring it back in, you know, if you're if the employer is resigning due to issues in the workplace, then you do not need to give them any notice. If you're resigning because of this toxic workplace or you're being bullied and your employer's not doing anything about it, um, that, that is, you, know, you, you don't need to give them two weeks or three weeks notice of, of your resignation and you're not forced to continue working in a toxic work environment. So that's why it's so important if you think you're, if, if you're planning to resign, uh, it's really important uh, to speak with an employment lawyer mm-hmm. to determine a how much notice you need to give, if if any at all, and if you're if you are res- resigning because of a uh, an issue in the workplace.
1: And I guess just as you know, a matter of common courtesy to your employer, depending on how long you've been there, if you've got a good relationship or if you even hope of using them for a reference for future employment, you don't want to, to crap all over them and just walk out and say, I'm good. I've had a good time, but uh, there you go. You can take over from here. You just don't want to do it. It looks bad too, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like legal legal issues aside from a practical uh-huh. perspective- that's not really how you would like you know how, how an employee wants to leave uh, leave a, a, a position so you really do want to set yourself up you know you don't want to burn any bridges going forward because who knows that employer might be might have a have your dream job available 5 6 years down the line and you may <laughs> want to go back and work for them so certainly yeah it's it's um it, this the resignations are you know it, it's it's a tricky area but Uh, But you do want to make sure that you're doing it in a way that where both parties are, um, you know, the employer is also taking care of as well as uh, the employees taking care of, of their needs as well.
1: Mackenzie and her team, anytime you would like, you can call 1-855-821-5900. There is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll probably get to a couple emails here if you want to slide one over before the end of the show. And there's also a website called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We've been talking about this for years because rolled into that, the severance pay calculator, which has been around for a long time, but it's helped over 2 billion people look, and uh, two million people rather look at that thing and decide uh, what is proper as far as my severance is concerned. Again, the uh, severance pay calculator used by millions, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. So got a couple of minutes here before we break. I want to get to uh, to Mark's call. I'm not sure if we can help him, but uh, Mark, what's up, Al? What's your question?
4: Hey, uh, well, thanks for uh, taking my call. um My wife um, uh, worked for a major grocery uh, store chain, and... She um, had a stroke five years ago. She's been with the company for 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, kudos to her for uh, lasting that long in uh, single employment. However, um, somewhere along the line, um, she wasn't notified by the union that she had to request a hold on her uh, pension eligibility, and because that time had lapsed, um, she just got noticed this week, she's been back to work for uh, two years now, um, she just got noticed this week that her pension eligibility has uh, reverted back to uh, two years of service rather than uh, the full, I think, uh, 28 years. Is there any way of appealing that, um, and is there any way of you know, getting that eligibility uh, back for her?
2: So, Mark, is, is your wife, uh, you said she's, she's part of a union? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, I, I can't help her, but there are ways, as a unionized employee, um, these issues should be addressed with, with her union representative. So she should absolutely contact her her union representative and kind of outline what's what's happened and what uh, what you've just explained to us, um, and the union rep should be able to assist her. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, because she is unionized, um, she has to go through her her union rep.
1: Mark, appreciate that call, and just, uh, yeah, words of the wise for most people listening. We've talked about that poor form when it comes to uh, helping unionize uh, people in regular employment law situations, not just Mackenzie, It's really nobody who can do that for you, but your union. You're bound by that uh, that CBA. We'll take a, a short break here. The email is help at
0: employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. This is the Employment Law Show. All right, welcome back. Thanks so much for hanging in. Skulls here, along with Mackenzie Irwin, courtesy Sam to Tamarka
1: LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country. Reach out any time to Mackenzie and her team. Really capable, really willing to uh, to help you along. If it's not just for a, a phone call, right? One eight five five eight two one. 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca want to uh, get into our topic here in just a second of things people are still still getting wrong about termination of employment because it can be uh, confusing for sure but just ahead of that just got an email uh, Mackenzie from sarah says uh, hey guys i'm dealing with harassment from a new co-worker my manager isn't doing anything to deal with it and says i'm overreacting but it's causing me stress and anxiety what can i do about this
2: yeah, so uh, I, I, this kind of ties into what we were speaking earlier, which is uh, interesting because this happens. I I get this all the time. So, um, if if you've if you've complained, made a harassment complaint to your manager, and your company isn't doing anything about it, you are you are you may be in a position where you can assert constructive dismissal, and you can resign from your employment and pursue your severance. Now, before you do anything in terms, take any steps in terms of resigning or anything like that, it's very important that you speak with an employment lawyer before you do that. Why? Because I can help you um, set things up before you resign to put you in a better position to assert your constructive dismissal and to pursue your severance um, once you've done so. So. It's really important now, um, if, if, this, uh, if, if this harassment is causing, uh, is causing Sarah stress and anxiety, um, nobody should be forced to work in a, in a workplace where, uh, where their, their health is being affected. There's one thing that's a universal truth. We have nothing if we don't have our health and we should mm-hmm. never sacrifice our health. Uh, your work should never force you to sacrifice your health. So if, if you are experiencing stress and anxiety, I would, I would strongly suggest that Sarah um, make an appointment with her doctor because perhaps um, she should be taking a medical leave of absence in the meantime. Um, so that's, uh, that's another thing that I think she should do. Um, now, because her, her manager isn't doing anything and is saying that she's overreacting, that here's another th- uh, point where um, papering this is very important. I would suggest that Sarah sends uh, her manager and perhaps um, if there's someone else uh, like a human resources representative or your manager's superior, I would CC that person into that email saying, you know, uh, outlining what's happened, the fact that you, that Sarah's made a harassment complaint and that her manager has told her that she's overreacting, but why? why Sarah thinks she's not overreacting. Um, that kind of uh, paper trail and that documentation is going to be really important if we do need to step in and assert constructive dismissal um, in in the future.
1: What happens if we've talked about this scenario in the past where it's maybe not a big corporation with all kinds of HR support? Maybe the one doing the harassing is the bots or the person you would normally report to. So you're kind of stuck, right? There's nobody to talk to. What do you do at that point?
2: Yeah, so at that point it is all. So let's say, for example, Sarah's working in uh, in a very small office where her it's just her and her boss, mm-hmm. uh, and her boss is the one that's harassing her. So there's right. no one else for her to send an email to. You do still need. I think it's still very important that you send an email to your um, to your boss if the boss is who's harassing you, saying, you know, I I I'm feeling um, I'm feeling. You know harassed but based on you know outlining what the actions that that they've taken against them and and really you know putting into that email how it's impacting them um that that paper trail is also very important although obviously you know perhaps uh the boss isn't going to take any action on it That still that email is still really important uh, documentation when I do, when she does come to an employment lawyer and we we do need to assert that constructive dismissal.
1: Again, reach out to Mackenzie anytime guys you need her uh, 1-855-821-5900. That email address that we just read from, uh, from Sarah, simple, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Okay, let's get to a few of these as we roll on things. People are still getting wrong about termination of employment. I know it's confusing. That's why we do the show for the last decade every week, six days a week to uh, clear these things up. The first one is this, Mackenzie, your employer can legally let you go for many reasons. A lot of people don't think that, right?
2: Yeah, it, it's true. You know, and, and I think the, the the main thing here is that your employer can let you go without giving you any reason. They don't need to give you any reason for, for terminating you. However, they cannot terminate you. They cannot let you go for any human rights issue. So, hmm. They cannot fire you for because of your disability. They cannot fire you because you're sick. They cannot fire you because of your age, pregnancy leave, childcare obligations, things like that. So, ultimately, you know your employer is allowed to let you go at you know for any reason as long as they provide you with proper severance, um, and, uh, and and as long as that uh, termination is not. The result of, of, of a disability or a human rights violation.
1: Yeah, we often, uh, you know, you and I have joked in the show before about, uh, you know, sometimes your boss just doesn't like the cut of your jib anymore, or just whatever. And, hey, yeah, I don't like your car, I'm gonna let you go. Seems completely asinine, would probably never happen in the real world. But legally, if paid proper severance, they can do that. I, I know a lot of the time, the initial shock, the bucket of water in the face when people call you McKenzie's like, how, how how could they do this? I, I I you know I was a perfect employee. I had no blemishes on my record, so on and so forth. I just walked in and they you know I, they took my pass card away and I'm done. How can this possibly happen? And I know you spend a great deal of time of getting people to look past the the shock of it and and really concentrate on getting the proper severance if that has not been outlined to them, which in most cases isn't right. So they've got to get their head around the fact that that part's gone. We can't in most cases get your job back, but what you can do is make sure you get the proper compensation, right?
2: absolutely yeah and so it is often you know as long as there isn't a uh a a human rights uh issue underneath a reason behind the termination it is it's it's always really difficult especially with someone who's who's been there a long time they think you know they've they've uh, given a lot of service they have never had any performance issues um it is always very shocking when they call me and i have to tell them that yes you know as long as even though you've got a perfect track record even Mm -hmm. though you are the top sales rep You know, your employer is allowed to terminate you, um, but what I can help them do in 99% of the time when someone calls me and they've just, they've been terminated, I can usually, you know, the employer is usually not providing them with proper severance. And so I can, what I can do for them is I can um, help them negotiate a, a proper severance package.
1: We'll get to a few more of those talking points, maybe another email emails. We get into a uh, quick break here. Schools along with Mackenzie or reach out by email as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca, or anytime, go to employmentlawyer.ca, and you can check links to our long-running TV show and all
0: the social media as well. We'll continue more Employment Law Show just ahead. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.
1: And we are back indeed. Mackenzie Irwin, courtesy Sanfiru, to mark an LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Reach out anytime. Always willing to talk to you. Great team behind her as well. one 821 because sometimes you don't want to talk on air, right? You want a more of a lengthy private conversation. That is absolutely no problem. You can do that. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Many of your questions can be answered on the website even before picking up a phone to talk to Mackenzie. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And if you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if uh, today I've been working here for 30 years, if I ever got smoked by my employer tomorrow, what would I be owed as far as severance is concerned? Don't listen to your neighbor, Steve. Don't listen to the Ministry of Labor. No, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use the proper tool, the severance pay calculator. It takes about thirty seconds to go through that, and you'll get a number at the bottom end that's much more accurate as to what you should be getting. Then, if you want to carry through with a phone call, you can do that. Uh, do that as well. We're talking about a few more things that people still getting wrong about termination of uh, employment, McKenzie. And I just mentioned this one too because it's 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 one of the main reasons why we started this show over ten years ago. And that's that you should not go to the Ministry of Labor if you have been let go. Do not for that particular reason, right?
2: Oh yes. Oh, the number of times that someone calls me and says they've, they, you know, well, the Minister of Labor. I'm like, oh goodness. So, the Ministry of Labor can only advise you on your minimum termination entitlements. So, that could be the difference between someone getting eight weeks and someone getting up to twenty-four months of severance. So your full, your, uh, your statutory minimums could be eight weeks. But you're actually entitled to up to 24 months and so if you go to the ministry of labor and you uh you file a wrongful termination under the ministry of labor you actually give up your right to pursue that 24 months so it's heartbreaking when someone when i get a call from someone who went to the ministry of labor first found out they were, you know, filed a complaint with the Ministry of Labour and I have to tell them that I'm sorry if you hadn't done that. I could have, you know, you could could have been entitled to up to 24 months, but unfortunately because you've gone to the Ministry of Labour and filed a complaint, I can't help you. So absolutely, you know, the Ministry of Labour can only advise you on your minimum entitlements. It's really, really important if you've been let go to speak either speak with an employment lawyer or um, run your severance package through our severance pay calculator and make sure that it it does, that it's up to snuff and that it's, uh, it's what you're actually owed.
1: Do you have, I mean, if you've, if you filed that with the Ministry of Labour, do you have a little bit of time, a little bit of leeway to pull it back before it's, uh, you know, too late and you've gone too far?
2: Very quickly. So yes, if you have there, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to act very quickly. So if you've uh filed a ministry of labor complaint and you're just hearing this now give us a call as soon as possible set up a call on monday and we can act we can step in and act very quickly but that time frame is is quite short
1: now as far as the other stuff is concerned if it's you know overtime or holiday pay stuff like that then you're you should be going to the ministry of labor for that particular angle right
2: Exactly. Yes. And so what I've just, what we've just been talking about is only if you've been on your termination entitlements. And so absolutely. If it's if you're, if you're have an issue with overtime pay or holiday pay, um, the ministry of labor is where, where you should go.
1: This, uh, next one on the list of things are people still getting wrong about termination of employment. This isn't so much the people, this is their employers all the time. Severance is not based on what your employer wants to pay you
2: exactly yes so uh, th- this is this is very very common it's it's very unfortunate we we you know um employers are are humans too at some point there's some human making that decision and so they make mistakes they don't always know exactly what your entitlements your full entitlements are and so you should never take your employer's opening offer, severance offer as, uh, as your best day. So you should, it's an, it's exactly that. It's an opening offer. Um, you should, you should have any severance package reviewed by an employment lawyer to determine whether you may be entitled to more. Um, because likely, uh, as I said, you know, most people who come to me who've, who've lost their job, there's something that I can do. There's some improvement that I can make.
1: Yeah, because it kind of goes back, and I have a, a, a relative that's going through this right now. It often goes back to the point we just made about the Ministry of Labor. So this, they get let go by their employer. The employer will right away, knee-jerk reaction. This is what the Ministry says. Here's your two weeks. Right. I tell you, you got to have a nice day. Not so much the case, right?
2: No, no. It's know. often it's not the case. Yeah. So the what the Ministry of Labor, those minimum entitlements, um, most employees are entitled to what we call your full severance, and that could be up to 24 months.
1: And then finally the last one before we get to an email if we have time is you know you don't have to if you're let go properly legally by your employer you don't have the you know Friday at 5 we need this uh, this this uh, termination letter back to us or please sign it before you walk out the door these these terms do not apply legally do they
2: No. And so if an employer, if if your employer is telling you to sign these termination papers on the spot, Mm -hmm. that should absolutely be a red flag to you that you need to get that uh, severance package reviewed by an employment lawyer. I've had clients come to me who felt pressured to sign. They obviously, when you're in a termination meeting, it's quite emotional. You've lost your job. You're in shock. Um, sometimes if, if your employer's forcing you to sign it, you should absolutely not sign it. You can, you're entitled to ask, you know, I need to, I need to, I need some time to think about this. I'm going to, sure. I'm going to take it back with me and review it. Your employer cannot force you to sign it on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you found yourself in a situation where you were pressured and you did sign it in, in the meeting, um, there's a possibility that, that signing that might not be, um, enforceable. So you can still have that reviewed, your situation reviewed by an employment lawyer. But um, ultimately, if you signed it willingly, knowing what it what the contents were, knowing that it was giving up your rights to pursue any other severance, then then that you might have given up your right, and I can't. I may not be able to help you. An employment lawyer may not be able to help you.
1: Last minute of the show. I'm going to rip off this email quick. You can answer it quickly. Mackenzie Bill was placed on a layoff eight weeks ago. My boss said, he'll recall me when we have enough work, but I've heard they've been interviewing for my position. I've worked there for 13 years. Is there anything I can do, or do I have to wait for them to uh, get back to uh, let me go fully and fire me?
2: No. Oh goodness, this is happening <sighs> a lot with these COVID layoffs as well. So, right. um, yeah. So it, you can what what Bill should be doing is he should be emailing his his employer and saying I've I've noticed that you've posted my position. Uh, can can I come back to work? Is my position ready? Am I ready to go? I'm ready, willing, and able to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he does not need to wait for them to let him go fully. Um, so he should be emailing them right away.
1: Mackenzie Irwin, who you want to reach out to. Fantastic stuff as always. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, and that phone number as well to reach out to Mackenzie anytime with her team, One eight five 821 we will catch you next time, Employment Law Show.